This week on Talking Footy, we catch up with 249-game dog-turned-demon Daniel Cross. The ever-professional, bordering-on, obsessive athlete opens up about his time at the Dogs, the excruciating discussions around being delisted and ultimately working with that same coach once again, through to the learnings and opportunities under Paul Ruse at the Demons. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Of course, Western Bulldogs stalwart, one of their most underrated players, and finished up at Melbourne for a couple of years. Two hundred and forty nine games, thirty four goals. Couldn't quite get to two fifty. No, <laughs> my little fella uh, lets me know about it quite regularly. Um, <laughs> How old is he? He's gonna be two. He's, he's seven. Yeah, he's seven. Tyler. Um, yeah, he, he always says, you know, couldn't they have just given you one more game? I'm like, well, I would have had to have played a whole new season, mate, and done a whole pre-season. Yeah. And it just doesn't work that way. And he, he gets pretty filthy on it. But, um, uh, yeah, it doesn't really bother me. Like, if it was 299 or 199 or something like that, it might have been a bit different. But, yeah, it is what it is. Um, you know, you miss games here and there through injury. And, um, yeah. You know what it's like. You're yeah, just yeah. thankful to get to you know two forty nine. I can't complain about that, can I? Uh, you had a uh, you had a phenomenal career at the Western Bulldogs without quite achieving the ultimate, yeah. and finished with a couple of years at Melbourne. And now you're working with Melbourne as a, a sport, a strength and conditioning coach. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. So in the high performance area, um, taken over as rehab coordinator this year. So yeah, played two years at at the end of my career at Melbourne and then slipped straight into into that area. Um, I was an assistant my first two years and this year I've taken over the head role as, as coordinator yep. of the rehab program and also um, helping run the um, David Neitz Academy with uh, Matty Egan and Jade Rawlings okay. uh, as well. So that's our first, second and third year players. Um, Mainly our first and second year players, some, some third year players. So yeah, we sort of co-manage yeah. that as well. So we'll, we'll touch on development of the young guys shortly but most ex-players are drawn to coaching yeah you're drawn to the conditioning side yeah why is that um i guess that's how i made my way in the game um you know being fit um i was i was obsessed with with, you know pushing my body to its limits um even you know well before I, i got into the afl system um you know used to yeah, after school, just go running and running like with dad and um, just used to train every day yeah. like through high school, even like at the end of primary school, I remember, yeah, just going for runs after school and I, I don't know, I just I just love it. All, all with football yep. in mind? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember um, when I was uh, yeah, 11, I was in year five and I was going for my, uh, I was playing in a, a schoolboys carnival, you know, uh, I'm from Albury, yeah. um, so I grew up there and trying to um, get into the New South Wales side and we, I, I, uh, I made the side and uh, we were going up to Darwin um, for the carnival, uh, for the National Carnival and um, I remember them saying, um, you know, maybe just go for a couple of runs here and there, it's going to be hot up there, um, yeah. just so you can, you know, so you, you're fit enough and you, you don't uh, suffer too much in the conditions and... 
I took that on board and um, yeah, just um, yeah, pretty much started running every day after school and um, just loved it. Loved pushing my body and yeah. And we, we played against each other a lot. Yeah. You, um, you were always known renowned for your aerobic ability and you're running all day. When you were training and, as you said, pushing your body to the limits, was there a time where you overexerted or went a little bit too far? Um, I, I think in my first year, I, I had a stress fracture in my foot. Um, so I got to the Bulldogs and wanted to impress like straight away. Um, and I knew that was my one wood, yeah. uh, was my aerobic capacity and probably overdid it then. Um, and then is that, was that by training outside of the club? On yeah, training? just, just yeah, I sort of just doing a lot of extra work you know, after training and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and yeah, probably just overdid it. But, you know, you, you learn um, as you go along and, um, you know, I've got no doubt that's, that's the only reason why I played 15 years in the system is because of the way... But I thought, um, yeah, I needed to, you know, that was my edge on, um, on guys. So, yeah. was, that, was that obsession always born out of wanting to play AFL football or yep. was it more just to hang out with Dad and, and run with him? No, it was to play footy. Yeah, it was to play footy. Um, I remember that same carnival. They had the, the booklet of, you know, the, the guys that had come through New South Wales and played in the yeah. in the AFL system and yeah. I used to I just think geez I'd love to do that I'd absolutely love to do that because we used to come down it's only three and a half hour drive um, down to the city uh, from Albury um, once a year with my junior footy club St Patrick's we used to come down once a year as a team and come and watch I think it was we used to always go to Essendon um, Hawthorne and they were great matches and uh, I just used to look at the crowds and like think, geez, this would be amazing to play in front of them. Yeah. yeah, I just um, I just had this sole focus of, of wanting to do that one day. So that, that whole notion of work-life balance that is so, so topical in the game today is something that didn't adhere to you um, necessarily? Yeah, I, I, um, so I, I finished... I, I was drafted as... Um, as a 17 year old so I, I finished year 11 up at home and, um, and then came down um, to the Bulldogs and mum and dad really wanted me to finish school and, and I did too um, so I did year 12 at St Bernard's in Essendon um, did year 12 with, with Swanee Dave Swan um, yeah so um, it's a fair year 12 team yeah um, so yeah no, I, I actually played a couple of games for them and yeah that was that was good fun um, yeah, school was important. So, yeah, you know, after I finished year twelve, I I went straight into into uni and did my sports science degree. Yeah. So, um, I did have that balance because um, I knew, um, you know, footy wasn't going to last forever. I was that was drummed into me mm-hmm. from the start, uh, from mum and dad, and you know, from from our coaches at Bulldogs in the early days. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I did. Um, you know, met met some great people at uni and that sort of thing. And um, so yeah, I did have that balance, but. You know, there probably wasn't many waking minutes or hours where I wasn't thinking about footy yeah. as well. Um, so everything I ate, everything I did was geared towards you know, performance. Um, so, yeah. Um, what were, You touched on your sort of pushing your body to your limits. What were some of the more extreme practices or habits you formed whilst you are playing that your teammates would look at and go, Crossy, what are you doing, mate? Put yeah, um, I probably you know the day after a game, I'd um, 
you know, I'd always pull up well because I'd push, push myself so hard during the pre-season that I could just back up sessions, yeah. no worries. Um, so the day after, like, games, I'd be out on the track the next morning doing strides and, and that sort of thing and, and running and, and yeah. doing extras. Um, yeah, I don't know. Thinking about it now, it's... Did I push myself? Yeah, I did not push myself hard enough to the game. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, I, I know I did. And yeah, I guess. Yeah. Were you, did you ever weigh your food? You, no, you I, I didn't. Clothes? I didn't get to that. Like, at, in the in my at the end of my first year at Melbourne, we went on to the the high fat low carb um, paleo um, diet for over the pre season, and I, I've pretty much as a, as a club as a club. So the whole playing group um, trialed it yeah. for a couple of months. Um, so Dave Nissen who's our high performance manager and our um, dietitian at the time, Joe Scheinwell. Yep. Um, they decided to give it a go to clean. It was more to clean up some guys' diets. Um, it wasn't necessarily everyone, they want wanting everyone to go on you know, the paleo diet because really it doesn't work um, with our sport. Yep. Um, you know, you need those those hits of, of glycogen. You know, we're a high intensity sport. So you, know, you don't have many carbohydrate, obviously in the high fat, low carb diet. So I've, I've definitely pulled things from that um, yep. into my way of living um, now. But, yeah, I never really got to the point where I was, you know, weighing every single thing. How did the how did the playing group respond to that kind of dietary shift? Did any guys on the track sort of bonk and faint or anything because they didn't have that yeah. hydrogen hit? I, I noticed it um, quite strongly at the start because I was doing it, you know, to the extreme, um, doing doing exactly as they want. They wanted it done, yeah. Um, and yeah, I was definitely finding my energy levels were um, not to where they should be um, because I was coming through most most of my career. I was you know high carbohydrate, um, you know low fat. Yeah. Um, you know what we were told early days. Um, carbo load. Carbo load. <laughs> um, yeah, and I actually yeah I definitely felt the effects of that, and that's where I, you know you make adjustments. Um, on the run and, and so forth. So, yeah, probably other guys were feeling it as well, but I, I certainly noticed it myself, yeah. Yeah, and some of the young boys have picked up some good habits, but... Yeah. Um, was, that, was that Clayton Oliver? Clayton Oliver, he was known for coming in as a bit chubby and he sort yeah. of worked it out from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's not necessarily pushed um, anymore. Um, you know, it was a, a trial you know, a few years ago. and But, um, yeah, guys are... I think more some of the senior guys have definitely taken on some of those um, things that um, you know, flow on from that um, yeah. diet and yeah, Clayton um, he's certainly one that's that's changed his ways um, from when he first got here. Um, but yeah, not not just with with the way he eats and prepares, but you know, the way he trains and um, you know recovers and mm. prepares and that sort of thing. So, as as an AFL footballer, you've received one of the more unique. Um, awards that I've, that I've seen um, the certificate of commendation by the Hong Kong director <laughs> of Marine done your homework yep. yeah what's all that about um, yeah so we were on our footy trip um, in Hong Kong uh, 2007 end of 2007 um, it was a great trip we were over there for, for four nights and it was actually I think it was on our second night I think um so we were staying along the harbour in Hong Kong. Uh, we had a 
fair group there. I think we had about twenty to twenty-five guys, and we just finished Kangaroo Court um, <laughs> in the in the hotel bar, and we were going on a jump boat that night. Um, so we were, you know, walking along the Esplanade. And, and jump boats just a yeah, it's like a party boat. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So we're on um, we we're on that for the night. It was it was a well organised trip. Um, so yeah, anyway, we're, we're walking along the Esplanade and. Um, so the waters, the Hong Kong harbour's just down to the left of us. Yep. Um, there's a, a railing, you know, a fence, um, and then a step and then a drop down to the water. So we're walking along there and, you know, you're not supposed to be on your phone to, to your partners and that, and that sort of thing. So <laughs> there's a few of us up the back, um, you know, getting in a cheeky call. and, and um, doing the right thing. Yeah, so I was on the phone to my, my wife, Sam, and... Um, we were spread out about 100 metres and I noticed at the front there was a bit of commotion. Um, guys were um, yelling out and we saw I, I saw a few guys fishing along the edge there and I thought, oh, someone's caught a massive fish or something. So we've all run up um, to see what was going on and I looked over the edge, over the fence, and I saw this um, this girl drowning. She was, she was in the water. Um, and straight away, um, without even thinking... Um, I, was, I looked around um, quickly and no one was doing anything so I just jumped the fence and I just jumped yeah just jumped straight in the water so the, the pier's fenced off yeah and the water's on the other side yeah. of the fence yeah how so high was the fence I was, so the fence was you know a metre metre and a half yeah. high and then the drop down the water was you know a couple of metres yep. um, down so yeah we're um, yeah I, I jumped in the water and I still had my phone and my wallet in uh, in your pockets and gone yeah yeah that, my phone was stuffed but yeah she um, she was a 15 year old girl still in her school uniform you could see her school bag there on the edge and yeah. she was actually trying to commit suicide um, so yeah so I, I didn't, we didn't know that at the time I thought she just couldn't swim and she somehow slipped in the water and um, I just couldn't believe that no one was you know, doing anything about it. There's all these people watching her. So I just jumped in and next thing, Tommy Williams jumps in as well. Um, so, yeah, the boys grabbed, um, you know, the, the circular life-saving thing and they chucked that down and we tried to get her up with that and she didn't want to get out of the water. She just wanted to stay in there. She wanted to, um, yeah, end it all and... Um, so we weren't going to let that happen, obviously. Um, so we tried to get her up a couple of times. And we ended up swimming her um, towards this ladder where we, we climbed her back up. And, hmm. um, yeah, an hour or so later, um, the ambulance was there and um, we had to get whisked back to the hotel, me and Tommy, because um, I think Hong, Hong Kong Harbour is one of the most polluted um, waterways in the in the world. So, yeah, right. um, so yeah. Both of us had a few scratches here and there, so we had to go and get showered and so forth. And so, yeah, um, we found out a month, about a month later, we got an email that, um, yeah, the daughter was doing well. It was from her mum. Yeah. So we got an email from her mum saying that, that she was doing well. And, um, yeah, apparently, you know, the pressure on kids over there is, is really high with their schooling. Uh, apparently she'd just broken up with her boyfriend or something. Yeah, right. So and then it was, was it a ceremony for safety? Yeah, so it was um, it was during the 2008 preseason. They they did one at the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like the board members and like there was a, there was a fair little crowd there. I, actually, I think it was um, 
at the life membership um, ceremony. So I think they did it there. So me and Tommy yeah. got uh, got those awards. So that's that's the story of that. Yeah, yeah. not bad. So um, and, yeah. Um, I mean, 2008 was a big year for you, the best and fairest, the Charlie Sutton medal. Yeah. And um, for the Western Bulldogs, uh, sort of in the middle and beginning of succession of finals appearances. Yeah. But you could never quite, you could never quite yeah, no. finish. No, we couldn't. Do. Yeah, we had a, a really good year that year. Um, obviously, you guys ended up winning it, but. Um, it was funny, like those years that we played in the finals, we every every single year we beat the Premier during the season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I don't know, it seemed like we were always just one big forward away from, yeah, we had we had a great um, forward line that was fast and it could do many different things. It was very versatile. Yeah. A lot of mid-size and, and small um, players, but never really, until Barry came along in 2010. Um, yeah, we sort of didn't have that, that big target down there. So it was three, three preliminaries in a row. Yeah. Of which in 2010, you won the pre-season. Yeah. Yeah, we won the NAB Cup that year. Yeah. Um, yeah, in 2010. So that was good fun. <laughs> we did win the big one. Um, yeah, but um, no, it's, yeah. Is it something? It's like, it does haunt you. I was about to say, is it something you still think about now? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Probably 2009 was our best chance. Um, yeah, I think we lost the prelim by seven points. Um, we were up, I think, with about five or six minutes to go and um, a couple of our best, you know, Kicks had a, a couple of shots and we just couldn't quite finish the game off. And I think with a minute or two to go, Rewalt kicked the goal off the ground out of his backside and um, yeah, put the nail in the coffin. Basically, I mean, for the, for the position that you're in now, those types of learnings are, are really important. Those types of experiences to take forward um, into yep. your next career as a coach or conditioning staff. Do you have any moments sort of within those um, 2008, nine, ten? where you just think of the ball bounced the other way or had we have had this conversation before the game or had we have stamped this player yep. in retrospect that could really get under your skin? No, not at all. Um, with, the, with the group that we had, um, I reckon we maximised everything that we had. We, we, I would, I would um, question whether anyone trained as hard as, as our group did um, during the, the whole pre-season, the whole season. I reckon that, yeah, that's just me saying that. Obviously, I don't know that for sure, but um, I, don't, I don't think we could have done much more, to be honest. See, you don't really hear this too often, but you just weren't good enough. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we just couldn't quite get over that hurdle yeah. where we were maybe a, a player or, or two short or, you know, um, you know, things happen on the day. Um, you know, we might have had the best plan in place, but we, we couldn't quite execute. But yeah, the history will show that yeah, yeah we weren't quite good enough. It must be something that actually takes some comfort. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I doubt whether anyone in our group at that time has any regrets about the way they pushed themselves. Um, yeah, and yeah, 
obviously everyone had the best intentions to get to that final day. Um, would have even been just nice just to get there, <laughs> yeah, rather than yeah. just win one. But um, did you watch your grand finals? Um, you lost in the prelims. Yeah, definitely two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight was like, wow, we made it to the prelim. Like, we can't wait, to, you know, for next year. Yeah. You know, yeah, we were really excited. Yeah, two thousand and nine really hurt. Um, I, th- I don't think I actually watched that one because um, mm. I, yeah. I felt that, yeah, we should have been there. We, we could have been there. Obviously, we weren't. Um, and then 2010, we sort of linked into the finals a bit. Um, yeah, we had a couple of guys that were carrying injuries. Um, I think Coons had his cracked um, patella and, mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. And um, Yeah, we were, we were probably, I think we won the semi-final by five points against Sydney. So, yeah, yep. and we could have, yeah, quite easy easily have lost that one so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm proud of yeah my time there and, and that sort of period just um, yeah obviously just didn't get the ultimate but um, yeah love those guys that I played with um, it's a fantastic group um, yeah so. and then you sort of fast forward a couple of years 2013 yep. the end of that season um, after 210 games you then leave the Western Bulldogs and move yep. to Melbourne how did that all transpire? Um, in the 2013 season, yeah. So I actually played my, my 200th game, 200th game in, the, in round three, and I I started off the year really well. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I don't really want to you know, sit and whine about it, sort of thing. But I, I sort of got the sense early on that um, you know, our period was was done. Um, the guys that were there and. They wanted to bring a fresh crop through, and you know I was one of the ex- expendable ones. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, we had some you know great young players um, like Jackson McRae, um, Jake Stringer, mm-hmm. who they wanted to get games into, and um, you know even though it's um, excruciating and, and really hard at the time, um, you have to accept it. Um, so Bryn, Bryn McCartney was the coach yep. then? Yep. yep, yep, So, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was a, professionally, it was a really hard period yeah. for me. I, I went, um, I think I was made sub in round seven, so I'd had a really good start. Um, I thought I was made um, sub, that stupid rule that was in, the only time I played it. Um, and then the following week I was... I played defensive forward, which I'd never done. That's alarm um, bells. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> actually did okay, I thought. And then the week after, yeah, I was I was out of the team, and um, I was I played down at Williamstown for about seven seven or eight weeks, and didn't look like getting back in. Like I was, couldn't have played much better down there. Um, and yeah, it was a really really tough period, but I wasn't going to. Um, How'd you cope with that? Uh, I, I'm a really self driven person, so I. I wasn't going to let um, anyone bring me down. Um, you know, I, I had, great pe- had great people around me, my family. Um, I knew, um, like, I, 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 I had the sense that they wanted me to retire at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't have a sense I was told so. Um, and I was like, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do. Like, this is my career. I'll, I'll do what I want. Um, How do those conversations go with Nako? Um... Oh look, we were both really respectful, um, you know, and I understood um, 
yeah, where where the club was going and, and, and the direction that they wanted to take. And, you know, he's, he's been working at Melbourne for the last couple of years. So we've, we've, uh, we've spoken about it um, quite a few times. Um, yeah, and I won't go into detail, yeah. you know, what's been said. But, um, yeah, I at the end of that year, like, I, I managed to force my way back in for the last five rounds and couldn't have really had a better block. Um, yeah, I, I finished off the season well um, and then... Um, we had a bad loss to Brisbane in the second last game and that was the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back, I think. And um, you know, I was told on the flight back to, to meet uh, some head honchos back at Whit Mobile. Um, <laughs> on the flight back from so Brisbane. Just, just, so at the team hotel that morning before we are about to get the bus to the airport. So this is the second last game, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got next week. Yep. So you got next week. So, yeah, I was told... Um, we want to have a meeting with you at, at the club. Um, Who told you? Uh, so the football manager at the time was Graham Lowe. Yeah. So he uh, he informed me. So I rang uh, Liam Pickering, uh, who was my manager, and I said, <laughs> "Must have sat with you." Uh, yeah. Uh, I spoke to a couple of the senior boys, Gia and yep. and Boydie and, and Murph, and um, asked them what they thought. And um, I think Gia had had a similar conversation a couple of weeks before, but and he got the tick, so he was going to keep playing. And I was hoping the same thing was going to happen to me, but uh, obviously it didn't. It was, um, yeah, my, my wife um, you know, drove me there and yeah. uh, came out and just broke down in tears in the car park and couldn't believe it. Um, my time was going to finish there, but... Um, yeah, I knew I still wanted to keep playing. So we actually played Melbourne in the last round. I played that game and we won. And so you played that game knowing that was going to be your last game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did everyone else know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did, yeah. So, sort of made... Yeah, I, I, I got up and told yeah. the group um, oh, Monday or the Tuesday and um, had a really good week. Um, Could you enjoy it? Like, did yeah. You recognise it was your last... Week it must have been a nice feeling to actually take it in and yeah it was it was and the club um, was great um, yeah they wanted to make sure that you know I was sent out sent off in the right way uh, which was really nice um, you know a lot of players don't don't get that privilege so no. um, yeah I, I found myself lucky in that sense so um, yeah we ended up beating Melbourne in in that last round and uh, Ruzi was coming on board as the coach um, that preseason and. Um, it was early on in the final series. We obviously weren't playing and met up with uh, with Ruzi and Josh Marnie and Todd Viney and yeah. spoke to them and they obviously knew that I wanted to keep playing and um, I was really driven to prove people wrong um, that I, you know that I could still could play at a really high level yeah. and um, yeah we sort of spoke and had an offer. Uh, Leon Cameron was up at the Giants, um, so I had an offer to go up there yeah. as well. Um, which would have been great. You know, I, I love Leon. Um, he was our midfield coach at the Dogs for five or six years. So it was very tempting, but we, we had our, um, our boy Tyler um, and my partner Sam's family are all in Melbourne. So we wanted to stay in Melbourne for him and I wanted to stay in Melbourne for her um, so that they could be near their family. So Melbourne was a great choice. And, um, you know, looking looking back now I, I know I definitely made the right decision to play on and um, even though you'd love to be a one club player um, you know I think I offered a fair bit on the field in those couple of years and now I'm yeah working there and love it what were, what were the initial comparisons you made between or felt between the two clubs um, I think uh, 
the thing that struck me the most um, was, uh, you know, coming into the club, I knew they were a really fit team. Um, they used to do the 3K time trial around, um, around Princess Park and you know, some of the guys were running 920s and, you know, early 930s, which is, you know, really good times, mm. um, you know, for footballers. Um, so they definitely had... Um, right program in place so I think it was more you know around the game plan and um, you know well even the like the purpose of of training um, guy training used to finish mm-hmm. and guys just used to walk straight off the track and it was my first couple of sessions so I was like and Benny Matthews I remember he came with, with Ruzi as well we we're like looking at each other like where is everyone going like you know, don't you want to work on you know individual things that you know you need to, to work on and um, yeah I guess guys just um, you know, they just used to do what they were told and um, had no sense of um, you know, what they need to improve in their own game or maybe they did but maybe they didn't want to do it I don't, yeah. I don't know but um, yeah that, that was like it might be a small thing that I noticed but um, so that was yeah. that was 2014. Yeah, so yeah, end of 2013 started. Yeah, yeah so 2014 with Noel in your first year, and yeah. you sort of fast forward, and it's the end of 2018 now. Yeah, what are the cultural shifts you've seen? You know, a couple of years as a player, a couple of years as a yeah. coach, you've seen in Melbourne in those four years. Um, oh, Ruzi was amazing um, at the start. Um, I think. Um, I think that it's spoken about quite a bit, the disease of me, um, you know, yeah. guys fighting for survival, just wanting to, you know, do well for themselves because, you know, the side was getting flogged every week yeah. at Melbourne. You know, guys were going into self-preservation mode um, and, and you know, that's something that doesn't sit well with me, but, you know, Ruzi could see that pretty early on. Um, yeah. And really wanted to change that, um, and and guys, you know, working for each other, you know, the whole team unity aspect of not just the players but the whole club mm-hmm. um, in itself. Um, I think that was that was the biggest thing how, for me. How do you change that? How do you go from making such a shift? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. He did a bloody good job. <laughs> I know that um, because now um, you can see everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Um, you know, Goody's, Goody's definitely taken that on. He's he's really big on that, um, that togetherness, yep. um, the unity. Um, there's a lot of hard work, I reckon, behind closed doors um, as well. And I think just getting the right people in the right places um, as well. Um, and, you know, number one as well is obviously having the talent. Um, we've got, yeah, loads of talent on our list now and, and they're just, you know, they're starting to blossom. Um, you know, you know, guys still have their off weeks here and there, but, you know, it's like once you get to that 50, 60 game mark, which a lot of them are now, um, yeah, performance is just going to skyrocket. So yeah. the development aspect is really important and Brendan McCarthy was essentially brought over and we touched on it before yeah what was your feeling huh. when 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 Macca was the one that uh, gave you the flick of the bulldogs yeah. and then he's coming back over yeah so it was a year it was a year gap um, in between and you know 
me and my family, <laughs> we were happy as Larry. Um, we were happy as Larry, like that first year at Melbourne. They looked after us so well, yeah. uh, made us feel part of it um, really early on. And um, <laughs> and I, I remember the day, like I remember where I was. Um, I think I've told Mac of this anyway, but... Um, and let me just say to start, we're really good now. So we get along, we get along fine, really well. Um, but yeah, at the time, um, you know, still really hurt. Um, so anyway, I was in the gym um, working out. It was the off season, um, and we just had our little girl Charlie. Um, so my wife is at home um, with her and, and Tyler, and. Um, I got, she kept calling me. Um, so I was at the gym, I was working out, I was in the middle of a workout and yeah, I kept seeing the phone and I'm like, I've got to answer it because you know, I, I hope something's not wrong with yeah. one of the kids. So I answered it and she's crying and I'm, I'm straight away just freak out. Like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? And she's like, why can't this beep <laughs> just leave us alone? <laughs> Um, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And she's going, Mako, he's coming to Melbourne. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Um, so, yeah, that, that was when I, I first found out. And um, I remember our first day coming back to the club for pre-season. Um, yeah, he, uh, he was there. And um, tried to avoid him like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Who broke the ice? Uh, he did. Yeah. yeah, he did. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we said g'day quickly and it was it was quite strange. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was an interesting moment. But, um, yeah, as, as the year sort of started to wear on, we eventually had a, a good sit down and had a chat about things and um, sort of smoothed thing, smooth things over and, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm always one for not burning bridges, um, yep. especially in this industry. Um, you know, such a tight knit sort of industry. Everyone sort of knows someone or or whatever. So, you know, you, you be professional and, yep. and respectful, and um, you get on with your jobs. And um, yeah, now we, now we work really closely. Um, yeah. What What are some of the most important lessons you've learned from your journey? that you speak to your players about now? Um, I think, um, well, the biggest thing that, that I learned was um, I definitely not taking things for granted. Um, you know, you see, you see guys like Alex Johnson and, and Menzel and these guys who don't have um, a great opportunity at, at doing what they love. You know, their, their careers are cut short obviously Menzel's still playing but you know it's hard to say but whether Alex Johnson plays again it's, it was amazing to see him like five reconstruction I mean, yeah. is incredible um, yeah don't take your opportunity for granted and you know even though you know some guys might be fit they just they they can float through their first couple of years um, and then before they know it they're they're back, you know, with their mates. It, yeah. it is the best job in the world, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's it's a it's a really privileged um, position that you get to be on a senior list. Do you get a sense of entitlement from some of the kids that the, the, the drafted in today's game, yeah. like in Paris, to when you when you got drafted? Yeah, I I, I probably do, um, and that's that's probably only because 
you know, I've, I've been through it myself and, you know, I'm a, I'm a wise head now, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm 35 and, um, you know, maybe at the time I didn't notice it as much with yep. the guys coming through. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And I guess a lot of people do say that. It's generation-wise, is a little bit, little bit different. And, you know, but, you know that's fine. Them, does that make them more difficult or difficult to manage? Yeah, it, it can do. Um, yeah. And I've only been doing it for three years coaching, but um, listening to coaches that have been in it for a long time, yeah. yeah, it is a lot different. You know, some of them need a more of a cuddle than than others. You know, you know what it was like when we were first starting. It's just a, a whack and get on with it sort of thing. Gear on. Yeah, um, don't whinge about it. Um, what would you rather be doing, sort of thing? Um, but yeah, the psychology of uh, of sport these days is is massive, and it's and it's really important, um, and it's something that Melbourne Footy Clubs, um, yeah, invested in quite heavily. Um, yeah, you obviously love the game. Do you enjoy watching football? Yeah, I do, um, and that's you know it helps because my little fella absolutely he's he's obsessed by yeah. it as well. Have you got him um, out running as well? No, no, I definitely no. It's like we obviously well we eat well um, at home. Um, my wife's um, fit and healthy as well, so our kids eat well. And we try and force them to eat lollies and chocolate sometimes, but a lot of the times they don't, they'd rather eat. Like my little girl, she's three. We'd say like we go to the pantry. Do you want do you want a lolly or do you want, do you want some chocolate? And she goes, No, nah, I want a carrot. And so she'll go to the fridge and ask for a carrot. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! You've got the kids on the paleo diet. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. But it's definitely not forced. Um, <laughs> but no, I I, I do um, still watch a lot of footy. Probably not as much as I, I used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's obviously a saturation of, of footy on um, on channels, you know, with different shows and that sort of thing. And I become a bit tired of, of those. I don't really yeah. watch a lot of the, the talk shows and that sort of thing, but uh, I definitely love the game and, yeah, love watching the, the games um, themselves. So, um, yeah, it's something that I get to do with my little fella. Yeah, very lucky. We'll, um, yeah. we'll wrap things up shortly across here, but we'll just do a quick game of word association. The first uh-huh. thing that pops into your mind when I say Luke Darcy. Shit. <laughs> um, that's, that's better probably do. No, 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 not, not Luke Dust. No, I got along really well. Probably um, Bambi. I think that's what Murph called him, didn't he? Yeah. Well, that, that was the next one. Yeah. Bob Murphy. <laughs> Bob Murphy, um, legend. Loved, loved his, his style. Yeah. Um, yeah, his humour. Will Minson? Different. Max Gorn. Different again? Yeah. Um, what about Petrarca? We just go, keep going with difference. Um, energy. Yeah. Ruzi? Um, two words, beautiful hair. <laughs> that's, that's, that would be nice. <laughs> if, it wasn't for, um, if it wasn't for footy, what do you think you'd be doing? Um... No, um, I love. Uh, it's just a one-word answer again. No, no. No, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It'd definitely be something in um, the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, whether like I, I loved basketball when I was growing up and played a lot of basketball. Maybe I'd been in basketball. My my dream job, I'd love to be a rock star. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be a rock star. Um, love to be chairman with Metallica or something like that. Not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, but something in the fitness industry. Yeah. yeah. And and finally, what advice would you give a younger version of yourself? Um, probably not to take um, yourself too seriously. I think. Um, you know, I know that I was obsessed and, um, yeah, I was almost compulsive um, with it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and perspective is a great thing. Like when you have kids, um, there are greater things in life. Um, it meant the world to me, um, you know, my playing career. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely loved it. But um, now that I have kids of my own and, you know, seeing my family, you know, mum and dad and grandparents growing older, not that I ever did take them for granted at all. Um, I've, I've had, I've been very lucky. I've had a beautiful family who I'm very close with. Um, but yeah, I guess just um, yeah, not uh, not thinking that yeah, forty is the be all and end all. And, and guys are told that yeah, yeah every day now. Yeah, always have that balance like you were talking about before. Um, have that balance in your life, and and I think that's when you can play your best footy um, when you have that balance. And, yeah. If, if you start to see that obsession that you've had creeping to you, Tyler, your young boy's behaviour, yeah. do you nurture that or do you yeah. try and steer him away from it? I, I definitely try and steer him away. Like, he, um, yeah, yeah we, we play a game in the, in the living room almost every night and commentates and does <laughs> the whole kit and caboodle. Um, yeah, you know, that'll be, I'll, I'll let him be um, the way he wants to be until he's, you know, a bit older, probably a teenager, yeah. and then... Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll definitely guide him through. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm lucky that you know, I've had the experiences that I've had, and um, yeah, I know that he wants to play AFL one day. So um, yeah, I think he'll have a pretty good coach at home yeah. uh, for him. So yeah, I'll definitely guide him through. Absolutely, Crossy. Thank you very much for the chat. Really enjoyed that. No worries. That was great. Thanks, mate. We're talking footy.